0: It's Lights, Camera, Jackson. This is the LCJ q podcast. And joining me on this episode, returning to the podcast, is one of the best in the biz when it comes to hosting, entertainment, showbiz. You've seen them on Whammy, Hollywood Showdown, and all over the country with the Price is Right live stage show, which is back for the new tour for 2024 it kicks off Tuesday, February 27th in Evansville, Indiana. It's coming to my neck of the woods in April. Emmy winner Todd Newton is here with me. Hey, Todd, it's great to see you. Well, always
1: great to see you, my friend. I don't think there's anybody in the business that does a better introduction than you. So thank you very much for that. And uh, it's it's always great to be on your show, and uh, I've I've loved watching your career throughout the years. So thank you again for having me. It's uh, a pleasure indeed, my friend.
0: Uh, I really appreciate that, Todd. It is awesome to see you. Uh, Price is Right Live is back. Wow, you've been doing this a long time. And man, it's just, it's an experience unlike any other, especially for hosts. I mean, you're in a studio for a taped show, but going around the country, it's its something completely different.
1: I tell you what, I remember the very first show, the very first Performance of The Price is Right live. Uh, and I remember it so fondly because my son was not even six months old. Wow. And uh, Mr. Barker contacted me for this show. You know, it, it, first and foremost, I like to let people know that this show is not a knockoff of, of The Price is Right, it's not a tribute. This show was created by the same people that produce and created the Price is Right television show. Mr. Barker wanted there to be a live stage version of the Price is Right for people that didn't have the opportunity to come to Los Angeles and play the game. You know, he understood that there were obligations. People have families and jobs and, you know, you can't always get out to Hollywood. So he wanted to bring a little Hollywood out to America. And this show started just as five or six days at a small casino in Reno, Nevada. And it has been such a game show phenomenon, such an entertainment phenomenon in the sense that it has been around and it is going stronger than ever now over two decades into it. So Uh, To be a part of this production is such a gift for somebody like me that just loves game shows and loves being a part of game shows. And it's because of the people that continue to come out and be a part of that game show magic year after year that we've been able to do this. So we are, and I know I speak on behalf of everybody that's part of this show, we are beyond grateful to kick off 24 in this incredible fashion.
0: Tickets are available at pricesrightlive.com. I got a recent game I want to show you. I've got I've got a couple little chips here because, uh-huh. because I got the at-home version of Blanco. Oh.
1: <laughs>
0: I had to get it. It's I love it. It's so cool. It goes down the seventh slot. I love it. It's awesome. That
1: is great. I've not seen that before. That is wonderful.
0: Yeah. You Available in the stores, and people get to play it in person and and their dreams just come true, right? I mean, you see that every single night that people just, their eyes light up everything.
1: Yeah. You know, there is, it's, it's funny you mentioned the eyes lighting up because when that Plinko board comes out, you know, when the doors open or the curtain rises and they see the Plinko board and it's the same with the big wheel or Mm -hmm. cliffhangers even, you know, all of the uh, the set pieces are the same set pieces that you've seen on television for over fifty years now. But Plinko, especially, I'm not a musician. I can't sing a notes. I can't play a notes. But I would imagine it's comparable to when a guitarist hits the opening riff of a number one hit. You know, it's got to be that same rush. And we are so thrilled to be able to share that moment with people. You know, I. I host this show through the eyes of the contestant. Those were some of the most valuable words that Mr. Barker ever taught me. It's a lot like when you have kids and, and all of a sudden Christmas is really cool again or birthdays are really exciting again because you're doing it through their eyes. You know, I get to do this every night, but for every person on that stage, for the most part, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience to be able to hold that Plinko chip. Or to be able to see that mountain climber climbing the mountain in cliffhangers and hear the yodeling behind you, you realize that man, this is really happening, you know, yes. something that a lot of contestants only watched on television with their grandparents or their parents. You know, the couch is gone, the kitchen's not right over there anymore. This is real. So it is a rush, an incomparable rush, an unparalleled rush and it like you said it creates an energy in these theaters that you can't match with anything
0: my grandmother loved bob barker uh, mine too
1: my friend mine too yeah he,
0: he passed in august he passed on my birthday in august and oh. i just remember you know my grandmother watching him and and me growing up watching the prices right a lot and i thought of you and how much he meant to you not just oh quote on your book, but but the mentorship and, and everything, how do you kind of sum up your relationship with the late Bob Barker?
1: Um, mentor, uh, to a certain degree, a friend, mm. you know, I, I was always, all, it was always a teacher student relationship. Mm. And that's how I wanted it, because I knew that this man was... The Fountain of Knowledge. Um, I knew from the moment I stepped on the set of the very first game show audition that I did, not the first game show I hosted, the first game show audition. You mentioned Hollywood Showdown. I auditioned for that show in 1998. Uh, I was on a shoot in Barcelona, Spain for E! Entertainment Television at the time. My agent called and she said, you need to come home early for this. I changed my ticket. And came back, and Hollywood Showdown was created by Sandy Stewart, who was the son is the son of the late Bob Stewart, who was an incredible game show creator. Password, you know, I mean, pyramid, you name Price is Right, you know. And I learned so much from Sandy doing Hollywood Showdown, the intricacies of hosting. And as you know now, you've learned you've been doing this a long time yourself. There are a lot of facets. If you want to do it right, a lot of hosts make make it about themselves. Other hosts make it about the game. Neither one of those, to me, are correct. It's about the contestant. There is no game if you don't have a contestant, you know. Um, And when I would start going to tapings of The Price is Right, I would stay after And Bob would work with me on blocking. Sometimes there were very few lights on in the studio, the old Price is Right studio, Bob Barker's studio. And we would talk about how to get the most out of a contestant, how to create drama, how to maximize a pause to bring everyone in while not making it about you, keeping it about the contestant. And Jackson, the best example he ever gave me was... At a taping, there was a woman playing Plinko. And, uh, you know, he asked where she was from and she, what she did for a living. And he kept asking questions. And after the show, you know, the woman was a hit and she won big. It turns out that she had worked for the post office for 43 years. She had never taken a vacation, never been on an airplane, done everything for her children and her grandchildren. Now she was retired and she won all this cash, you know, playing Plinko, and she was going to go to Las Vegas. All she wanted to do was go to Las Vegas. It would be her second time on an airplane. First time was to LA to play Price. And, uh, you know, he, a lot of hosts would have just said, here's Lydia. She's from wherever she's from. Let's play Plinko. And the game would have been fine. But because Mr. Barker knew that something was there, and because he took the time to get to know this person and everything that was behind her win, everyone in that studio audience, not to mention everyone watching at home, was now rooting for her and cheering and screaming. And when she won, everyone else won. And that's how I feel. Bob taught me that when the contestant wins, you win a little something too, you know? And it's just happiness. It's just gratefulness for where you are and that this person gets to experience that. But those are beautiful things. So Bob taught me to really savor the experience for everyone because there's no other job like it. And he used to say all the time, this isn't his line, it's a cliche, but if you love what you do, you'll never feel like you're working, you know, and I don't. I, I get to travel all over North America, the US and Canada. I get to meet people like you and contestants. And I get to be Santa Claus every night. You know, it, it's, I'm not like a comedian where I might bomb, my jokes might not go over. I'm not like a singer where my voice might go out. I'm a game show host. I get to give people things that I don't have to pay for, which is great. But to answer your question in a very long winded fashion, but an accurate fashion, He taught me to be grateful for the experience, not just my experience, but the experience that everyone is enjoying together. And that's a beautiful night out at the theater, you know, a beautiful night out.
0: I'm so glad that you had that friendship and Uh. that, That that's going to carry through this 2024 season of the Price is Right Live. This has been such a big time for game shows over the past four years, especially because of the pandemic and the production of game shows has just gone up, 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 and there are more happening. Do you just at home when you're not on tour, sit back and turn on a bunch of game shows?
1: I don't. You know, I, uh, I am a Price is Right guy. You know, I, I used to consider myself a game show guy, but now this has been, you know, the price is right. Live has, uh, has given me a beautiful life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's raised my children. Um, I now have my own pet rescue. It's called LAF pet rescue as in love animals family. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's my LAF pet rescue is my way of helping to control the pet population, you know? Uh, Mr. Barker introduced me to, that, to uh, that. I have this incredible love for animals. There are a couple walking around here right now that 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 we're fostering. But I, I work when I'm when I'm not on tour with Prices Right. I dedicate my time to the animals. Um, I I love to write. You know, you and I both love writing books and and, uh, and promoting those books. And I love to travel and see the world. You know, I, I'm I'm at a very grateful. Uh, easy place in my life right now where, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been in the entertainment industry for over 30 years. I've, I've done everything that I've wanted to do. I get to continue to do this. So um, I know that there are a lot of game shows out there and there are a lot of great people working in them. But, you know, the, from where I'm at, I'm, I'm sitting in the in the best seat possible. You know, we get to tour twice a year and uh, I can't ask for anything more than that. Walking out on a stage in front of 3,500, 5,000 people who love Plinko and the big wheel and the showcase. It gets no better than that for me. So (laughs) that that scratches my game show itch in the most beautiful of ways.
0: Yeah, you're doing great work. And yeah, a couple of years ago, I was on YouTube and I found your videos of you traveling around the world and going to all these places. I'm going, oh my gosh, Todd is... Everywhere you have been yeah. all over the place. What is a highlight from your experiences uh, recently traveling around the world?
1: Yeah, well, the the uh, the show that I do is called the Tattooed Traveler, and um, and it's it's a beautiful travel series. I, I do go all over the world. I just last week I just returned from uh, Scotland and Ireland. We got some new great episodes, and the show is on Roku and Amazon Fire now. We're streaming. Uh, I, you know, I love throwing myself into places where I don't quite understand everything that's being said, where the currency might be a little confusing to me, where the cuisine is something I've never experienced before and experiencing that for the first time on camera, you know, Scotland and Ireland were kind of easy because they speak English, obviously, you know, although with that, uh, that nice Scottish, Scottish brogue. um, But you know, we've been to Thailand and Japan, and uh, we're at Paris and Amsterdam. You know, it's just been—it's been 2023 was an incredible year for the tattoo traveler. But I like—I I like stepping out of my comfort zone a little bit, mm. um, and uh, I, I like experiencing things on camera that hopefully folks at home or on YouTube or on Roku are experiencing with me for the first time and i've you know my horizons have broadened exponentially because of this show so uh it's it's something that i love and it's travel has always been a passion so to get paid to you know do something you love is really uh it's i mean that's kind of hitting the jackpot nice. uh, yeah the, the tattoo traveler is a lot of fun a lot of fun we got some great trips coming up too for this year so pretty excited havana cuba uh, we're off to the Virgin Islands in a couple of weeks before the Prices Right tour starts to do some episodes, which would be nice. So I could work on my tan, you know, game show host has to be tan, Jackson.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, that is right. That is right. Todd Newton is here with me on the LCJ Q&A podcast. The Prices Right live tour starts in February, comes to Schenectady, New York, near me at Proctor's Theater on April the 4th. As a big animation guy, I want to ask uh-huh. you about Whammy because... Twenty years ago, when those CG whammies would come up on the screen when the contestants got them, CG was just getting underway. You know, Pixar and DreamWorks were a few years in. Blue Sky. Do you remember kind of seeing those CG whammies for the first time and really how they came to be as components of the show?
1: Yeah, I remember. Uh, it's funny you mentioned you mentioned whammy. Two thousand one, two thousand two. Uh, I uh, what I what I think of when, when we talk about the whammies. Uh, I think of all of us wanting to do the voices of the whammies. We all wanted to be the voice, you know. Um, and I think I, I go back to those meetings. I wasn't involved in all of them, but I, where they were thinking up new whammies. You know, we have to do something modern, you know. And uh, and then the there was a kid. His name was Paxton. He was a, a young guy, and but he was a big guy, big Midwestern corn-fed hay balin kid that had just come to la and one of his first jobs paxton was the one that we put up in the we called it the boat and uh, he would be up in this giant it was a box that was lifted craned uh, i don't even know how many maybe 30 feet above the contestants and he had his headset and if it was going to be the the mowing the grass whammy you know it was paxton's job to th- throw this grass down from the boat uh if it was the snow shovel whammy you know he would throw that fake snow down uh but i just you know one of my fondest memories of that show because this kid had a sense of humor and uh, i would remember him you know crawling because he was too big they should have got someone smaller because i can't imagine it was comfortable for him up there but it was his job just to get craned up in this big boat and uh and I just, you know, I, I just thought, how cool, how basic, but how cool to drop things on these contestants, you know, and just to add that that, that extra layer, that extra dimension to it. And uh, that was a lot of fun. You know, it was it was such a great experience. And, and uh, I worked with some great people that I worked later on family game night with, you know, wonderful, uh, wonderful relationship and great long relationship with Game Show Network uh, really good people i mean it was you know when you've got a network dedicated to game shows you're going to get some of the best minds of the business you know that want to be a part of it and uh that was a real thrill but yeah the you know the second that, that new generation of whammies definitely resonated with people
0: yeah oh with the double whammies happening and everything came, it was just brutal. and the audience got so into it too it was amazing
1: well you know our warm-up guy was outstanding gary kroger who's an incredible host in his own right you know he did the uh, one of the versions of the newlywed game, and then I think uh, what was the other one he did? I can't beat the clock. He did beat the clock. Did a great job. Gary's a a wonderful guy and still a, a great friend. And uh, you know we talk about whammy quite a bit. We stay in touch. And uh, but yeah, he he had a he had a a wonderful way of of amping that audience up. You know because sometimes those tape days, you've been to game show tapings. You know they. You're not just there for 30 minutes, you know. No no 30 minute game show lasts 30 minutes. Although I will say Bob Barker kept prices right, a taping of the prices right. He kept it to 60 minutes. He was a master. He could do that. You know, he knew when to edit things on the fly and uh, he would swap a game out as executive producer if they were running long, they'd bring in a short game. If they were running short, he'd bring in one of the longer games. And, uh, you know, whatever, whatever Bob wanted, people did, you know, Bob, Bob was the boss and everybody knew that and respected it. And none of us had a problem bowing down before him, you know, because there will never be another
0: Bob. We're recording this interview just a few days after the Oscar nominations were revealed. But you did some Oscar coverage for E! I believe. What is an Oscar memory? I mean, being at the Dolby Theater and being on Hollywood Boulevard, it's unlike anything else as well. It's it's quite an experience. What sticks out in your mind from your Oscar time with E!
1: It is... uh... Yeah, man i had the I had the great pleasure of, of of doing the red carpet arrivals for the Oscars, the Emmys, the Grammys, uh, the SAG Awards. I always enjoyed the SAG Awards um, because I, I I think I think the SAG Awards mean at least as much, if not more, to the actors than the Academy Awards because the SAG Awards. And I just you're probably a member of SAG after, aren't you? Yeah. Um, so you probably just voted for the SAG Awards as well. I, okay. I know I just did. Yeah. Um you know, the SAG Awards, you know, those are given to people based on the opinions of their peers. And that means a lot to the actors. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that, but I mean, you know, the Oscars, it was just it, it was wonderful to be there to interview stars that I don't know if we'll ever have another star like a Tom Hanks. Um, I'll put Leonardo DiCaprio in that category, maybe not this most recent film, but, um, certainly his body of work is, is, I mean, it, it, you're, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody you can put up next to that. The, you know, those two names, maybe Brad Pitt, you throw in there a George Clooney. Um, I would put them up there with the Cary Grants, the Warren Beattys. Um, so to be able to interview, uh, Dustin Hoffman, I would put up there for sure, um, to be able to interview people of that stature in that setting. I mean, there is nothing more Hollywood than the Academy Awards. Like you mentioned, being on Hollywood Boulevard, it's not really a, a glamorous place to be any other time of the year, but on that night, it's quite glamorous. So I think just um, I'll go back to being in the moment, you know, realizing where I am and appreciating it, uh, I mean, that's the night of nights, essentially. So, I, you know, I, I recall being there uh, when Tom Hanks, the night Tom Hanks won, like it was either Philadelphia or uh, Forrest. What do you, he also won for Forrest Gump, I believe, right? Yeah, so the I, back
0: to back years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So, I want to, I can't remember which night it was. I want to think because I, you know, obviously I speak to them before they went, but I think it was the Forrest Gump night. Um, and to just be there and then to go to the polo lounge at the Beverly Hills Hotel afterwards when the stars come walking in, you know, it's a Hollywood tradition. If you win, you go to the polo lounge and you hold up your, you know, I was there the night Mel Gibson won two, you know, and he came in and, and the night I won my daytime Emmy, I went straight to the polo lounge and everybody applauds you. They don't necessarily know who you are all the time, but it's, it's a Hollywood tradition. So you, you do that. And just to be a part of that. And uh, to be able to say that you were there for those nights, you know, in the Emmy Awards, when I got to interview the entire cast of The Sopranos at one time, I mean, for me, that was a monster get, you know, uh, that's when HBO was was HBO and it was at its peak and they had Sex in the City and The Sopranos and Sunday nights were unbeatable on, on HBO. And I still believe that uh, The Sopranos is the greatest drama in the history of television. I, I don't know. You know, it, it's opinion based, of course, but I don't know who would possibly squash that. Uh, but so to be able to have, you know, James Gandolfini and Edie Falco and, and uh, you know, the and Christop- uh, Christopher Christopher, uh, Michael Imperioli and the whole crew, the whole cast was awesome for me. But, yeah, that the red carpet is a stellar place to be because you do get to see a little bit of the nerves coming out. You know, the, I don't care how famous these people are that's a big night. So you're going to see a quivering lip or you're going to catch a stutter in a voice, you know, because there's a lot riding on that, but, uh, I don't know if, if the Oscars carry the same punch they used to, but it's still a great night for Hollywood junkies like us, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Still a fun night, but yeah. A little, a little different than, than how it was. Yeah. 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 But good. listen, everything changes. And, right. uh, you
1: know, I, I, to be able to say we've met the biggest stars in the world, who's who's your favorite celebrity, your biggest movie star that you ever.
0: Gosh, I mean, yeah, the first time I went to Critics Choice Awards, it was De Niro, Daniel Day-Lewis and Hugh Jackman in the same night. I mean, it was just just uh-huh. unbelievable to walk into and Spielberg. I mean, it's just unbelievable yeah. to walk into how that. Was,
1: how was Robert De Niro? I've never had the pleasure of interviewing Robert De Niro.
0: He was fun. He was in good spirits. He was upbeat. Hey, yeah. how you doing? Put his arm around me. Took a quick photo. Yeah he, was, yeah, he was in good spirits. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that, you know, they're just like us. They have good days and bad days. It could be hit or miss. You know, I, I have heard that Robert De Niro, it's either the either the sun is shining or there's a big rain cloud. You know, so it sounds like you got there on a good day. I did. <laughs> day.
0: I did. Yeah. yeah.
1: We can talk about this all day long.
0: We could. Oh, there's so much. Quick last question. As you tour the country with Prices Right Live and you go to all these different locations, do you go into their supermarkets and take a look at their prices and see if they make sense or not?
1: You know, I do a lot of exploring. That's an excellent question. And I'll tell you why, because we usually so we're on a tour bus. And usually what happens is we do the show. We finish 930 ish, 10 o'clock. Um, we shower at the venue all these venues have laundry and showers and you know because when you're doing a different show every night you're not going to get a hotel room a, a difference you can't check into a hotel room till three o'clock in the afternoon anyway so you shower it's very comfortable in all of these theaters we hop on the bus we sleep on the bus we have our bunks you know it's very comfortable the bus drives 500 600 miles whatever it is to the next city I'm always the first one up. I make myself a cup of coffee, and Huckleberry coffee. I always have my Huckleberry coffee with me. It's my favorite. I'm drinking it right now, and mm-hmm. I get out and I explore. I want to get my eleven thousand steps in, mm-hmm. so I, I walk. Uh, Sometimes, if there's a mall, I'll hit a mall. If there's an outlet, so I'll go buy. You know, I'll buy whatever it is. I spend too much on on these tours. But yeah, I mean, it's I I like to find a local place to eat. If there's a museum, I like to hit a museum and just kind of see what's doing. But I'm big more so than the grocery stores. I'm big on. I if there's something unique about the city, you know, like we're we're going to be in Appleton, Wisconsin on this tour. There's a Houdini Museum there. I can't wait to see. You know, we're going to Key West, Florida. My favorite bar in the world is in Key West. You know, I, Key West is like my second home. I've been going there for years. Um, we're going to my hometown of St. Louis. The best toasted ravioli in the world is in st louis i can't wait so it's all about these local things you know that i try to get as many in on a tour as i possibly can which is why i i always try to drop 10 or 12 pounds before we go on tour because i know darn well i'm going to be putting on at least that you know uh trying all the foods but yeah I i try to stop in as many places as i possibly can and it's just you know it's it's just great to be able to see the country and meet people and give away prizes. I mean, there's nothing, nothing better, nothing better.
0: Yeah. Right com for all the tickets. When you come to Schenectady in April, and hopefully we'll get to meet up. And yeah. You'll get to go. There's some restaurants on the street. There's a few famous performing arts centers, theaters, and there's a casino not that far away. So you got a few good spots. in
1: Outstanding. Outstanding. Good. Uh, well, you know, this is, you know, lastly, Uh, The whole reason I started with the Price is Right Live is because the first performances, as I mentioned earlier in our chat, were at a little casino in Reno, Nevada. And Bob Barker was anti-gambling. So he said, put Todd in there. Todd knows the shows. It's only four or five days. Put Todd in there. And here we are, by the grace of the game show gods and the game show fans, here we are almost 23 years later, you know, so – Listen, thank goodness Mr. Barker was not a gambler. <laughs> Otherwise, I might not be talking to you today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Todd Newton, the host of The Price is Right Live. Thank you so much for being here today on the LCJ q podcast. A lot of fun.
1: Jackson, I'm so proud of you, man. I, I've been following your career for years and, and you do incredible work. And uh, I'm, I'm always grateful for you having me on and con- uh, continued success, my brother. We'll see you in New York.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. I am Lights Camera Jackson. For all these episodes, go to Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Lights-Camera-Jackson.com. Thank you for listening to the LCJ Q&A.